Hey everybody, welcome to the Climbing Sycamores podcast, uh, where we look at today's topics to get a better view of Christianity. I'm Annie Beagie, and I'm joined by my friends Ben Sadler and Matt Harbach. And we're rolling. Hey everybody. Welcome. Matt loves movies, and so he had this idea that we need to talk about movies, but usually, don't you have a club that meets and goes through bad movies, right? We do. Okay. Um, last Sunday, we watched Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, was Ooh. it bad? It is awful. Okay. It's probably, it's around 10 years old. Yeah. It's with uh, Kristen Stewart and Chris Hemsworth and Charlize Theron. Theron. Babe. Mm-hmm. As the, she's like the witch, the witch queen or whatever. The movie is horrible. Every moment of it is just such a bore. And then we watched <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks 2, The Squeakwool. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, was so it good? awful. It is a lot better than Snow White and the Huntsman. <gasps> Still wow. terrible. What is the worst movie? That question cannot be answered. Okay. Is it like, is there, what's in like the top five? Well, I'll, I'll say it like this. There are, there are several kinds of bad movies. Um, the the purest the best form of bad movie is like is 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 the low budget B movie um really inept filmmaker inept storyteller just trying as hard as they can taking themselves as seriously as possible and just utter failure <laughs> um that's great that I mean those are those are the best but then there's there's others that could be considered worse because they have huge huge funding and very experienced actors and you think it's worse because they they should know better yeah in a sense um the movie's not usually as bad objectively but it's it's almost worse in that sense now you're good at being cynical is there like a good movie out there do you are there any good movies i haven't seen one yet but i'll keep looking <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to kind of the idea that you know we've done a movie re- review before that we kind of looked at some Christian themes are just, you know, ethical, moral themes in the Batman. And that was fun. And so we thought we'd do it again. But you guys said, hey, let's look at a Christian movie. And there's a lot of really bad Christian movies out mm, there. So many. <laughs> Maybe why do you think there are so many bad Christian movies out there? Um, there's a couple reasons. Okay. Um, one, I've always said that uh, Protestants just make bad stories. Um, they wow. just do because <laughs> wow. the gospel doesn't fit very well into um, story format. Um, okay. Because a story is basically is is always building up to something. There's some sort of uh, they, well, I mean, just like in music, there's tension and then there's release. So you have to build up to something, but the gospel is a freebie. Mm-hmm. So that like you can't earn it. That's the whole yeah. point of it. In a movie, everything has to be earned. Every moment has to be earned. Okay. So every bad thing will be repaid with some kind of justice. And the good guy is good because he does good things. Yeah. That's not the gospel. Okay. Wow. All right. So just just in that sense, to have a pure gospel, um, you know, to have a pure gospel element in the story at all, it just doesn't work. You don't think that you can pull off a, a redemption story in you can, in movie form? You can, but it's never pure gospel. Hmm. Okay. So someone can, you know, um, 
there's I mean there's lots of stories where the hero starts out as sort of bad, does bad things and redeems himself or redeems herself in the yeah. end. Why? Because they did good things. Yeah. Mm. They changed what they were doing. Catholics write very good stories. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, so there's that and then there's the fact that um so many Christian filmmakers just have no self-awareness. Mm. And there's a lot of prosperity gospel. It's how we want it to be. Um, the other option for a Christian movie is to do an allegory. Yeah. And, and that is a way to get the gospel in. But it has to be so, so carefully done. Yeah. Um, otherwise, otherwise, it's just really kind of like, you know, hair-raising, yeah. cringy, on the nose. You know, yeah. I think... I, I kind of agree more with the second one that I think you can have a good Christian movie if it's taught from like historical, like a historical point, like this is what happened and this is the, the, the story, uh, the, the movie on uh, called uh, Amazing Grace about William Wilberforce, who kind of, who abolished slavery, the slave trade in England. That was, I thought was a really good movie, you know, decent sized budget and showed how his faith led him to see this is a total abomination, the 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 slave trade. I think the the part that makes Christian movies not work is we just don't know how God works always and we can't make him work. And so when we tell a story and then God comes in to save the day, sometimes God doesn't save the day the way we want him to. And so when we make I don't think you can tell an accurate story about God because we just don't know how he's working, what he's doing, what he's up to. And so I think that's what makes it so hard to actually accurately tell a Christian story. Hmm. I, I think another problem with faith is that um, if if faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see, um, it's almost by definition impossible to portray and so, like in the movie, The Case for Christianity, in the end, he says, you know, I believe, and it was partially because of this research I did, getting evidence, mm -hmm. and partially because of the love you showed me. Mm -hmm. Those are two things we can show mm -hmm. on screen. Yeah. Not necessarily faith, not necessarily the love of God. Yeah. Faith, the love of God, impossible to show without actually showing a miracle. Mm -hmm. And miracles don't work in fiction because all fiction is fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we can't make you know. There's not like there's really not a, a very there's really not a line between like a hero in a movie versus a superhero. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're both doing things that aren't doable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, only God writes miracles, and they happen in real life. Yeah. And so and we don't always know why either. I think that's the part is like when mm -hmm. movies come a little too on the nose where they're like trying to explain why it happened. I think good Christian movies or, or Christian themes or whatever is when you have a character that's wrestling with, I don't know what God is up to. I still believe in him and I'm working through all this and I'm still trusting in him and not trying to always solve the, this is what God does. And if you pray this prayer or do this thing, God will deliver in this way. Um, I think that's when it, when it's too on the nose like that, I think that's what makes a bad movie. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the movie. Why don't we get into it? You guys watched, and and it's based on a book, a case, the case for Christ by Lee Strobel. 
Um, do you guys know kind of the background of the story, or should I kind of summarize? Go ahead and go ahead okay. and summarize. Yeah. So you know, the story is about it's based on a true story. Lee Strobel, he was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and he's got a background in law and journalism. And so he's very much fact-based and wanted to, you know, whenever he would get called to a, a crime scene or things like that, and he would really want to you know, base his article and what he would write on evidence. And then his, if I remember the story right, you know, he, he doesn't believe there's any evidence for Christianity. And he was really challenged to, hey, if you take those same skills uh, as a journalist— and, uh, and apply them to Christianity and see if Christianity can live under the scrutiny. And so he went around interviewing scholars uh, on psychology, on science, on the Bible, on archaeology, and he just did this thorough investigation. And uh, the story is told about him wrestling, and it takes place in Chicago. So he's he's also attending, his wife is attending Willow Creek Church. Bill Hybels is the pastor there. And so that kind of sets up the story and then his journey as he kind of gets some of these answers. So I don't know, what, what did you think about that portrayal or is there anything you want to add to that? Is it is it true that his daughter choked? Is that I didn't look it up. Like, is that how is that how that all kind of came to pass in in the movie? For mm-hmm. those who haven't seen it, um, they portray Lee and his wife Leslie at a restaurant with their daughter Allison. Um, Allison starts choking. Um, a, a nurse who is in proximity comes and, you know, basically saves her. And the wife is like, oh, thank you so much. Uh, we're so lucky you were here. Mm-hmm. And the nurse goes, no, you know, this is this is the presence mm-hmm. of God. Like, we're mm-hmm. you know, like this is what it is. And and then that was kind of what, you know, in the movie, right. what turned Leslie, the wife kind of. And then she started attending church. And in the movie, Lee was like really hostile toward her, right. you know, um, which I. I thought that would be really hard. Like he, there was so much hostility mm-hmm. um, toward his wife for, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like she was coming out. She had to come out Christian to right. him. Like, you know, those are coming out. Like I'm, I'm attending church now and um, you know, I'm, I'm studying the Bible and he was not, you know, happy about it by any means. And that's kind of, I think he, he set out to disprove right. because he wanted he, he felt like his wife was being brainwashed and he mm-hmm. wanted to s- rescue her from this cult, you mm-hmm. know, of Christianity. And so I think, I don't know, I just, I, I found his hostility um, just really, I, I can imagine that would be really taxing on, on, on his wife. Yeah. And then she's praying for him the whole time. Yeah. He does mention in the book, I don't know if he men- mentions the choking part in the okay. book. It's been a little while since I've read it, but Definitely that she was attending church and she was praying for him and she was searching scripture and she was going to small groups. And that, yeah, made him feel really uncomfortable because to him, this was like fairy tale stuff and so illogical and against reason. And it would be har- harmful for their children and their family. And they just family. want your money and oh, yeah, all that kind of thing, stuff. you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, th- I think that's a really real struggle. I think there's quite a few people who, I mean... I guess I appreciate, and the Bible talks about this too, Jesus says, you know, I wish you were either hot or cold, mm-hmm. but you're lukewarm, so I spit you out of your mouth. It, it, at least, you know, some of the strongest atheists, at least they're passionate about yes. it, and they're, and they're saying, you know, I don't believe it, and these are the very clear reasons. And then there are those who say, I believe it, and these are the clear reasons why I believe this. For me as a pastor, the hardest group to work with are the ones who are like, eh, 
I don't know. I, I don't, don't care. care. I don't yeah. know. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, and then it's like, well, what are you living for and mm-hmm. what, what what's important to you? So, um, Like, how don't you care? How do you not care about this? How do you not care one way or the other? Yeah. It's, yeah. So I thought it was fascinating on some of the scholars that he talked to and where they really, uh, really kind of led him. And really, they could talk about, about science and, and, you know, he's got a couple different books. It's kind of his theme now, a case for a creator, a case for Easter, a case for Christ, a, a case for a Christian. There's just a, a number of books that he's written. Um, and one of the things he talks about when it comes to uh, his scientific brain, and he was saying, you know, scientifically, I thought science had disproved God. And he came to the conclusion that I had to start believing if there was no God, and that's where he had to first start, is there a God or isn't there a God? He had to say, um, everything came from nothing. Uh, chaos has produced order. Um, randomness has produced uh, intentionality. Non-information has promote, uh, produced information like the DNA information, genetic code. Um, you know, so just went into a whole list of non-consciousness has produced consciousness. So all these things, and then he finally said, you know, I didn't have enough faith uh, to believe that all this is, came from randomness, nothingness. And so he at least became a theist, and that was his first step. And then he talked to more scholars, and really where he landed where he found the most evidence and then he worked backwards was the resurrection that there was too much evidence that there was this gaping hole in history where this whole group of people the, the became Christians they stopped worshiping on Saturday and started worshiping on Sunday which they had been doing for over a thousand years and it's really hard to change anything in the church let alone <laughs> you know the day of worship uh, they they started uh, they they actually were giving up their life saying they saw Jesus alive and a number of other things that just led to this this conviction that the resurrection happened and if there is a God which God is the right God well only this God has said he came to this earth lived died and rose and there's enough evidence for him to prove it so that's where he kind of landed um, so yeah that's kind of the storyline of the movie and what led him to where he was um, what did you think. Now, Matt, you are a, a movie connoisseur. What did you think about the whole production, presentation? the presentation? Yeah. Um, I think I think that I was kind of on edge, like for the th- throughout the story. Um, part of the problem is is like you, I I don't know. I have to imagine even if you didn't know what the story was about, you would know the ending. Sure, you know about ten minutes in. Um, yeah, I mean, pacing wise, it felt a little bit weird, but I think I just, I was always on edge where I, I, I thought they were going to like cross the line. I thought they were going to, um, the, they were going to slip into the same trap that we just talked about Christians always slipping into, which is that they make everything just kind of too perfect and right. believe in God, mm-hmm. have enough faith and whoosh, he delivers right. mm-hmm. for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they quite did that. I kept right. waiting for them to. They walked a very tenuous line mm-hmm. all the way through. Yep. Um, I liked that when Lee goes to visit his, his atheist friend slash mentor, mm-hmm. um, that there was a chessboard on the table so you know that they're both very smart. <laughs> like all smart people so play chess. Chess player, yeah, yeah. All yeah. smart people play chess. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know how much of it is true. Like, I don't know how much of it is actually taken right from the story of Lee. And I also don't know how much of that matters. Like was the, um, was the, the, uh, in the movie he's, um, kind of working on a case with this, this, you know, uh, you know, cop gets shot. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that in this book? That's a true piece. Right. Okay. Okay. And you know, that's where he, where he said, all right, I got to take that same scrutiny that I take towards this investigation also towards my faith. Yeah. I think that's what I do like about the book is it's not trying to, or the movie too, not trying to explain what God is doing, trying to understand the mind of God. It's just saying, this is my experience. This is how I got there. This is how I, I, you know, yeah, I think more of it, we're post-enlightenment, so we don't really want to believe in miracles or things like that. So we like this more investigative logical approach. I think that's why his story has captivated so many people and he's really become known as a, a great apologist, you know, defender of the faith. Um and he keeps going back to these stories and telling his story. You know, he's been doing that for 20, 30 years now. Um but I think that's what makes this movie so well done is that it doesn't try to explain everything that God is up to and it doesn't tie everything off in a neat bow. And the, more recent Christian movies, I think I've done that too. Uh, there was a movie that came out, I Still Believe, um, based on the... He's a Christian singer who lost his wife, uh, and he and it was this whole thing of why would God allow these newlyweds to get married, and then she's got uh, stage four cancer and dies basically, you know... Who was that? Uh, Jeremy Camp is... Oh, Jeremy Camp, he's okay. a singer, yep. And he's yeah, yeah. we sing quite a few yeah, yeah. of his songs at, at Victory. And uh, his song, I Still Believe, um, is based on that movie. And then another one that I think um, I can only imagine based on that songwriter who who uh, wrote the song, talking about heaven, I can only imagine, you know, to, to be with God. And in that movie also, it, it focuses on being abused as a child and uh, having an alcoholic father, and he still holds on to God. And believes in God even despite of his really challenging life, and I, so I think those kinds of stories are a little bit more realistic. The, I think the story, the movies that were that I really struggle with, and maybe you were saying the same thing with you, Matt, is that life's really hard. I believed in God; everything turned out well then, mm. and God, God made my life all easy because that's just not how it actually works. So, I didn't know why the uh, well. I don't know if the the his father being in the story was I don't know if I like that it's in the story. Mm-hmm. Is that in the book? N- no. Or is that fictional? I okay. don't think I, I don't know if it maybe it's still true, but I don't think he really brought that out. Okay. In this cuz you know why they're tying that in. You know uh-huh. they they mentioned in the movie um the one the the Faye Dunway character, she mm-hmm. mentioned how all of his you know, kind of, uh, what would you call them? You know, idols, atheist mm-hmm. idols or whatever, that they all had problematic relationships with their fathers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had, you know, according in the movie, yeah. mm-hmm. he had this problematic and then, you know, kind of how that might relate to having a problematic relationship with God as your mm-hmm. father. And mm-hmm. th- so I think that's kind of why they did that. Yeah, I don't think they should have had it. I, I, 
I think the I think the problem is is that I don't disbelieve that there are strong reasons for people to be atheist. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because I believe that um, God is is self evident, mm-hmm. like He says He is. Mm-hmm. But you can't say that. You can't say that to someone who doesn't believe in God because they they won't believe it, obviously. And so it doesn't do you a lot of good to try to explain why people are atheists. The bottom line is they know why they're atheist. And it doesn't help for you to kind of poke and, oh, is because you were abused as a child. That's why you can't feel the love of God or can't fathom the love of God or something. So I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I really do think that more people are, more people around the world are atheist on account of, um, I guess both, both pride and or anger. I think you're right. Rather than ignorance. Mm. But again, you, it, it, it's, it doesn't do you any good to, 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 to approach it from that angle. Well, I think what a lot of these apologetic books and stories are about are clearing out maybe the the false reasons that people say they believe you know they a lot of people say well science disproves god or or there's no or maybe the 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 scripture can't be trusted or archaeology or history or whatever other idea they throw out first but i think you're right like the real reason behind all that is an anger or having suffered and uh, and I think the reason that you know people do bring up that whole issue with your earthly father, and so you have a trouble connecting with your heavenly fathers, you know, we're always. I think we're more in the, the instead of a scientific age, we're more into the psychological age, where we're always trying to look for psychological reasons for everything that we're experiencing right now, and that's a psychological, Freudian kind of way of looking at at faith is that it's a disconnect with with our earthly fathers we can't connect with our heavenly father um you know yeah i was gonna say i I think that's true by the way i i do i think that like god gives a huge responsibility to fathers to be spiritual leaders and and that does severely severely affect the faith of that kid or the ability to have faith i just don't think that you're going to find, I don't think you're going to find a lot of empirical evidence for that. And I don't think it's worth talking about, hmm. you know, with someone who doesn't, you you know, you have to kind of meet people where they're right, at. Right. I think, but I think what he's trying to do in this movie is just try to tell a story, how he got to where he was and what were all the different factors that kept him from, you know, that made him so angry when his wife became a Christian and why he resisted it so hard and what it really took. I think it also shows that it's a complicated thing when somebody's faith is complicated. Even as strong believers, we still have doubts. And then people who are strong atheists have doubts about their atheism, and it's a long process. And I think that's why to have a longer conversation, to recognize that we need to, whatever someone's initial issue might be, that might not be the real issue. And to be able to hang around with people long enough and let them kind of wrestle through and not to freak out and, and try to give simplistic answers to really complicated, complicated issues. Yeah. 
Let me ask you something. Do you think that um, anybody who undertook this type of investigation, uh, any atheist, I mean, is it just that people are not willing to put in the time to do the research and really, really dig? Because to me, I mean, the evidence is there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, you know, I consider myself very faithful, you know. Yeah. But I I guess my question is I, I feel like people are unwilling to put in the time to really, really dig mm-hmm. and and learn about it and study the Bible. Um, and they're just, it's easier to just say, oh no, I'm I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that mm-hmm. without really mm-hmm. having done the proper research. So I guess my question is, do you think that if people took the time to do this and really, really dig, would that, you know, would, would we see more Lee Strobel's? Like, would we see more... I think there's been quite a few that have come to faith because they've read this book and, you know, they've gone through this journey. Um, I don't know. I I think some people could do all the same research and come to a different conclusion, too, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a way to explain even some of these really strong arguments away. I think a lot of this also does help more the believer to say, oh, yeah, there's more to this than maybe I originally thought. And, and I feel like as a believer, this kind of really in, helps me, you know, have a little bit more grounding in my faith. I think, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just a matter of investigation. I do think that it's really sad that people aren't interested. Like, I think C.S. Lewis said, um, Either this, either Christianity is of no importance whatsoever, or it is the maximum importance. The only thing it can't be is of little importance, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so, I think there are people like Sam Harris, who's on the other side, and Richard Dawkins, and some of the others who are making um, a really strong argument against any kind of supernatural anything. And then you have people like Lee Strobel who are trying to make a very strong case for intelligent design, uh, biblical Christianity, uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's the mystery. Why do some—it's the the question that theologians have been asking for thousands of years, literally. Why do some people receive this message and some people reject it? Mm-hmm. It— yeah, there, I don't think there is an airtight argument that will, will, you know, if somebody were just to do all the research, they would obviously come to this conclusion. I think some people do, um, but it is a mystery why some people still don't receive it. And it's a, probably a combination of anger or frustration or just experience or the way their brain works or their, you know, it's just a complicated issue. I think an important, I think an important factor in his story is that he's looking yeah, I think that's good to be open. Mm-hmm. He he's digging. A lot of people just aren't. That's that's my point. Yeah. yeah, like they're not willing to, and they or they don't care, or they they're closed off to it. And Jesus is he's he's not very. Lee Strobel uh, then started attending the seeker sensitive church that really worked hard to kind of create the maximum good experience uh, and and kind of answer objections. Jesus is not very seeker-sensitive. When some of you would come up to him and, and say, you know, I'd like to follow you, and he would say things like, do you realize what that means? Do you realize what you're going to lose? And and I think 
that's the hard thing is if I do receive this message, that means I really am a sinner. I need to be rescued. That means that some of these things are going to have to change in my life and it's going to cost something. And so I think if I don't, it's like not going to the doctor because I think I have a, a mass in my stomach in my body and I, I think there's something wrong, but I don't want to go to the doctor because they might actually point it out and then I actually have to deal some deal with mm-hmm. it. I think that can be hard also. Yeah. Sorry. So so what do you give them the movie Matt? You give it a B, do you give it a C? Uh I don't know. Um yeah I <sighs> I'm kind of with you where it, you know it it was good to watch as a Christian because it was like I don't know I I thought they brought up some good points. Mm-hmm. I I just am curious to see what you would get out of it if you were not Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we were on air, I asked you. You know, you said there's so many bad Christian movies. Yeah. <laughs> what would be a good Christian movie? How would you do that? How would you pull that off? Well. What's a Christian movie is the first question. Right. I, I think that's probably where the best storytelling takes place is it's not on the nose. You know, uh, when you hear, when you have kind of um, non-direct communication, where it's like, if I know that, if I'm not a Christian, I know this is a Christian movie and it's going to be on the nose, you know, God's not dead or, you know, some of these mm-hmm. movies that are like really in your face, I'm already going to resist it. But if I go to a movie that's got Christian themes, I'm not mm-hmm. even thinking about, you know, like even I, J.K. Rowling was has been very honest that the whole story of Harry Potter was built off her Christian faith. And so she knew that it was going to end with a death and resurrection at the end. Um, but who thinks about that when they watch? And maybe that's the kind of the allegory you were talking about before. Um, so I think that's when story is so powerful, when it's a passive, when you're listening to it in non-direct in a non-direct kind of way. When it, when it becomes direct, then we kind of face each other with our fists up and we're looking for ways to... Uh, to resist it or poke fun at it or whatever. And I think really good storytellers have a way of just telling a good story that draws you in. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I don't, you're, you're right. I, 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 I guess I would, to her own admission, I would call the Harry Potter books um, a Christian themes. I think, well, and I mean, you know, obviously a lot of people who aren't Christian love the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Right. But none of them, none of us can relate directly to harry potter you can't are you saying because we don't have magic because he's a wizard yeah so i mean this is this is the problem is christians are like how do we make a good movie well duh how does anyone make a good movie nobody is out there like oh yeah this is the real story about what could happen to me as a kid when they're watching harry potter right but you still like the story so figure out why you like the story even though it's not real I think one of the things that um, Tolkien said, who wrote Lord of the Rings, is he said fantasy is so important because he believed that fantasy was closer to reality and, and the, the idea that these stories help reawaken our desire and our 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 
want for the supernatural. I think that's why superhero movies are so, um, you know, so popular to all the, the adventure movies and everything, because it kind of sweeps us up and we want there to be a supernatural power. We want there to be something uh, bigger than what we just see the material world. So I think the fundamental stories, I, I think that's what a good story does. Yeah, we don't live in Hogwarts, and we don't live in this magical world the same way. And it kind of like lowers our defenses and and brings us in because we want the world to be like that. And then we kind of I still identify with the struggle of the main character. So I think there's a reason why they, they, they tell the story the way they do, um, because it lowers our defenses. If it's too on the nose, it's too real, again, we, we, put, we, we, we resist it. And I think these stories tell us like how we, who of us doesn't want the world to be this way. And I think it's C.S. Lewis again, to keep quoting him, he says, you know, if I find a desire in this world that can't be met, you know, I, I'm, I have a desire for thirst, there's such a thing as water. I have a desire for food, there's, I'm hungry, there's such a thing as food. I have a desire for sex, there's such a thing as intimacy. But if there is a desire for which nothing in this world can satisfy, it's because I was made for another world. And I think these stories, these magical stories, kind of sweep us up into what we hope the world could be. And, uh, yeah. So how would you define a Christian movie? I, I A good Christian movie? I no, think no, no. It, just, just a Christian movie? If we're putting things in genres. Yeah. Is it based on the audience? Like, Well, uh, yeah, recently it has been. Um, but again, those are all terrible. Like yeah, just, like who is your audience, right? So the movie, yeah, I the think, intended audience maybe, but w- what is the movie? I think the power of movie and storytelling, especially if it's fiction, is that you can you can make up a world that plays by the rules that you make up. And so if you have an agenda that you think it's it, you're telling the story and how you think the world should be. So if you think the world is random and there is no there is no God and the point of life is just uh, to to have a good go around this earth and then we're all done. You can tell a story like that and have those themes and have that be your main thought. I think a Christian movie plays by the the Christian worldview of what this world is, that we're not alone, that we're created, that we have a purpose, that there is forgiveness and there is a life to come. Um, and I think stories that play by those rules are a Christian story with a Christian theme. I'm not getting a clear answer out of you, so I'm just going to start giving some examples. So is a movie like Spider-Man a Christian movie? Um, That's a good question. The original, the Sam Raimi one, not the terrible Andrew Garfield reason. <laughs> There's been a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I'd have to think more about like what the main point is. Like, what is this... All right, let, let's pick a movie that we're all that we familiar. all know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like Finding Nemo. Yeah. Do you know Finding Nemo? I do know Finding okay. Nemo. Okay, Finding Nemo, Christian or not, you decide. I think there's some Christian themes there. Themes, yeah. Yeah, like about um, letting go and still believing life's okay, and yeah, I think there are some Christian themes there. What do you think? Father seeks out the prodigal son. There you go. Uh, I I don't know. That's 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 my question. Is is you asked me how would I make a Christian movie, and I'm asking you what is a Christian movie? I think 
Because historically, think... the movies that we get that they call Christian suck okay. butt. <laughs> if you look up, if you look up Christian as the genre, you're going right. to get a bunch of terrible movies. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Right. Right, and I think because they're too on the nose, I think, and they're they're low budget, and and they they simplify the story that they simplify the the messiness of they're of life. not true. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's good. They simplify the messiness of life. I think, yeah, they're, they're n- not real. They're not true. Yeah. They they're trying. They're tr- they, when when you're talking about Christian faith, you're trying to portray the truest thing to ever exist. Yeah, and somehow your movie ends up full of lies. Yeah, mm. I mean that's ridiculous. Yeah, and it smells bad. Everyone knows it smells bad. You walk in, you're like, this is gonna suck. I can yeah. already tell. Well, I think we've talked about it on on other podcasts too, like where. You know, like the husband and wife, you know, in the movie get into an argument and it's just kind of this clean cut argument like, you know, there's no yelling, there's no cussing, there's no, you know, it's just yeah. not real. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, honey, don't do that. And, and right. that's just not reality. Right. It's just so. Well, in the case for Christ, they he drank alcohol, but they still didn't cuss. So they were they were a step above. And he was, I mean, he was, again, he was hostile. They did one sure, sin. Was... For, they did one sin. <laughs> I think what, a movie that, that I thought was really well done that had Christian themes is Unbroken. Well, oh, I have not seen okay. it. Okay, and especially the, the I've book. I've heard it's good. Yeah, the Hildebrand, I think this, that's the name of the author, uh, She, you know, researching Louis Zamperini and the story of, it's just incredible. I mean, he is an, he's an atheist, doesn't want anything to do with God, Um World War II uh, fighter pilot that's fighting the Pacific. His plane goes down. He is on one of these life rafts for 20-some days and somehow survives. You know, he, he says, I think there's one point in the book, and he remembers saying, saying, like, God, if you save me, if there is a God and you save me, I'll give my life to you. Um, horrible situation, you know. He gets shot at by planes gets holes in the life raft. There's sharks coming into the life raft trying to eat him at the same time. He's got to patch the holes. It's just crazy. Then they get picked up by a Japanese uh, boat, and he gets taken to a Japanese uh, concentration camp where he is ruthlessly um, abused because they know he's an Olympic athlete. He's an Olympic runner. He comes out of that, somehow survives, and the worst part is the PTSD from the abuse and he can't he, he drinks a ton he can't he can't um find hope then he goes to a billy graham uh tent revival he receives god's forgiveness and he forgives his abuser and um and so he finds hope and he gives he really he he finds out what the gospel really is so i, I feel like that's a really well done movie um it's interesting it, it was done in two different movies actually and uh Angelina Jolie did the movie. She directed, and she kind of cut off that whole forgiveness part at the end. She like wrote a line at the end of the movie about he felt God's forgiveness, and he ended up forgiving his abuser. So it doesn't really tell that story much about the gospel, but I think that is a Christian movie and a Christian story, I would mm-hmm. say, of redemption and forgiveness. You looking it up right now? He's um, checking your email? Or? Lo- yeah, no, I'm looking up <laughs> something else that I'll, I'll say in a moment. Okay. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think no movie is Christian. Okay. Um, I think very. I, I 
don't think there are a lot of movies that are unchristian. There, there. You just can't define. You know, you get into a lot of trouble if unless it's like a documentary of Christ or something. I mean, still, that's not. You know, unless it's like pure theology. I don't know. You, you I just you wouldn't define a, a movie like a, a narrative movie as as Christian. I guess the 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 movies I would say are unchristian are ones that go against the grain of God's design and to the point of like really fight against any kind of supernatural theological truth and try to turn the world upside down. I mean this is a bad ex- yeah, this is a bad example but like um you know we were talking about two and a half men once the the mm. TV show right where like, hey, I can sleep with as many women as I want Gross. in this TV show, right? And and it's really funny and everything, and everything turns out funny, and it's it's all okay, right? No consequences. But then his real life, you know, Charlie Sheen is living that life, and he loses his family and loses his health and gets HIV, all these things. So I think the power of movies is and TV is you can tell a story and totally mix up what actually what's reality. And and then mm. people start believing this false narrative. Mm. That's so, not a bad example. That's a good example. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of what I mean about mm-hmm. uh, it. Sure, n- doesn't match up with reality. Yeah, I think those movies are bad too. I I struggle to call them unchristian because whenever you write a story, you have to you have to pick and choose what you're going to show. And it, um, I so don't know. I wouldn't call it unchristian just if it has whatever, sex or or drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, I do think the glorification of those things are not good. And, you know, basically I feel like it's a cheap trick to throw a bunch of nudity in there so that people will come to your movie or, or mm-hmm. TV show or whatever. Um, but what I would call unchristian is when you have these themes that go against what really, whether it's a Christian so-called you know, evangelical Christian movie that you've been talking about, one of those bad movies, or another kind of bad movie, neither of them match up with reality. Mm, And I think really good stories match up with what I believe is God's word and real life. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the movies that take off also. Yeah. They really resonate with people. I mean, basically every good movie is like good, good wins, evil loses. You know, that's... Right, and the fact that there is evil... Yeah, it, that's something that I think our society is trying to deny that there is such a thing as good and evil, where the Bible begins saying there is a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Like there's, and that tree is something that God owns. God says there is such a thing as good and evil. And will you try to redefine that for yourself, or are you going to let God decide what's good and evil? And I think the movies that resonate are the ones that said no, there is really good and evil, and there, and the goal is to fight against that either in yourself or outside of you is to fight against that evil yeah um so i went on uh rottentomatoes.com <laughs> i'm gonna read some reviews of the case for christ okay and then we're gonna see what we think so uh okay here we go so here's a here's a positive review it gives you a tomato if it's positive and like a little splatter if it's negative uh, it's this is I'm not going to read the full thing. I'll just give you the kind of the first sentence or two that they like the preview, the main idea. It says 
it manages to present a more accurate and relatable gospel than we've really ever seen before in the Christian film world. Okay. More accurate and relatable gospel. What do we think about that? I think that's true. I think that's what we were talking about, like the real struggle um, that it's not just a, I didn't like God, he did some great things, and I prayed a prayer and it all worked out. It was a, I still don't know if I believe this. It's it's a real struggle. It, it's tearing up my family. You know, I think that, and that his life didn't necessarily all become easy after he became a Christian, you know? So I think that's true. Yeah. Annie, thoughts? Or, yeah. I, I think, I, I would agree. I think it's better than most, right? Like mm-hmm. like the review said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay, here's a good one. At least atheists aren't completely demonized or portrayed as mustache-twirling villains in this one. Ah. So this is funny because uh, we recently watched God's Not Dead 2 at Bad Movie Night, and it is abysmal. And the, the, the lawyer who's kind of going against their case, there's this big case about, like, can you mention God in a public school or something like that? It's really nonsensical and the lawyer that's against them literally says you know out of court you know i hate people like you people like you christians you're ruining the world and that's really my personal motivation for taking this case because i want to see christianity destroyed and he walks around in a black suit and he just has the most evil smile in Uh every scene and yeah i mean literally he has he has a you know about about uh two inches away from from twirling his mustache (laughs) and being like, (laughs) I think that's pastor Bill quoted Alexander Solzhenitsyn last Sunday. And I thought it was a great quote of something like, you know, everything that you don't like in the world, you can also find in yourself. Mm. And that kind of Christians are good. Non-Christians are bad. It's like, wow. Well, you're right. And I don't like that label. Like I, you know, I have nothing to gain. I, I guess, you know, I don't like, I don't like the idea of demonizing atheists. You know, like right. I just don't like that. Like they're people. They're people. Um, yeah. I don't have anything to gain for you becoming a believer. Right. You know what I mean? Like really, I don't. I'm not gaining favor by you know mm-hmm. converting you. I'm not. And so I guess for me, like what I want for people who are atheists or people who, you know, just have whatever views. I, you know, like I want for these people to have the peace and comfort and whatever mm-hmm. else that, you know, that I have as a Christian. So I'm not gaining anything. So I, I don't like, I definitely feel bad that mm-hmm. atheist people, you know, like this review are, are, uh, feeling like, you know, they're being demonized. Like this is, you know, it, that's, that's really sad. Actually. And it's not that, gonna that's help. sad. Is it, and what kind of person is that? Oh yeah, you're right. I am a mustache twirling yeah, yeah, black yeah. suit <laughs> mean yeah. guy with a cackle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be one of you now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so here's one. Unfortunately, the depiction of Lee's marriage as well as his investigation into Christianity presents two plot lines that feel disparate and neither appear fully realized. Um that that occurred to me as well. Um that you have these these couple of plot lines that run parallel to each other um and that's i think where the that's where the movie appeals to people who already have faith i think mm-hmm. because you know in order to avoid being on the nose 
you have to you have to, you have to spread your message thinly, widely. You know, because it's if it's too pointed, if it's too direct, you lose. So you have to spread it out mm-hmm. and you have to approach it from all kinds of different ways and you just have to graze it here and there. And that's how you get the point across. Does and, a movie have to have one one plot line? Can you have parallel plot lines that, or is that uh, it's just hard to it's hard to follow then? I I so again like at the, at the beginning of the movie I thought like this is a weirdly paced movie like there's a lot going on where's it going but I I understood why they did it mm-hmm. and the I think what this person is maybe not getting is that the story has the story the problem is is this the story is is about is about what's changing inside of his mind right and that has everything to do with the relationship to his wife yeah the relationship to the case that he's working on right the relationship to his father mm-hmm. and and whoever else those three things are all related to to what's changing in his heart and in his mind yeah um and so and it, isn't that kind of i mean how it works too when you're it's usually not just one thing that yes it's gonna yes. lead you in a different direction um typically movies have you know, one parallel, two parallel stories, and there's sort of like an inner emotional story and, a, and an external mm-hmm. actionable story that is fun and exciting to watch and that keeps you going so that you're willing to learn whatever the inside story is. And this movie just breaks out into a couple. It breaks that external story out into a couple. And that's that's accurate. And so I prefer it to one to one thing happening like, you yeah. know, like has been done before. Yeah. So... Mm. I actually I would disagree with that review. I think. You guys have any other thing, anything else? No, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> this is a profoundly silly Christian recruitment propaganda mm. masquerading as newsroom drama. I think every movie's got an agenda, right? Is there any movie or story that doesn't have an agenda? Everyone's trying to tell a story and trying to. I think the difference between like a a nonfiction book and a fiction book is usually a fiction book has like one big theme that you're going to get in indirect way and it'll change you and it's leading you somewhere. So, yeah, of course, it's trying to lead people to see Christianity as true and tell his story like but. And it's not necessarily propaganda. I mean, every story is trying to lead you somewhere. Yeah, I think this guy misses the point. Also, is that the I don't, I don't think the main the main action of the story is not about the the case he's trying to solve, and I don't think it's portrayed that way. Yeah, because they don't spend that much time on it. They spend equal parts time on all the different things going on with him. Yeah. Um. I get I get what he's trying to say, but I think, it, yeah, this this is the kind of stuff where you're trying. He's trying to step into our shoes, and then a, you know, kind of step into a, the the Christian filmmaker's shoes and attack it from their side. And oh, this is definitely what you're trying to do. And and I I think he kind of missed it there. You know. Yeah, I think. It is tricky because a Christian movie is a 
going to try to lead people to believe that Jesus is true. And, and uh, I guess that's why I still believe, I think is even more of a captivating message that like, hey, this is really hard, and I it's hard for me even as a Christian to believe this, and look at what I've gone through, and I still str- struggle. So um, why don't you come along and struggle with me is a little different than, hey, this is so clear back, black and white. If you would just believe like I would, you would have a great, easy life. Mm. And and that's I think that's more a propaganda mm-hmm. versus inviting other people to join in. So, yeah. are you? Do you, do you feel like it was worth your time to watch the movie? Yeah. Sure. I okay. mean, better question was it worth the 3.99 I gave Amazon. <laughs> Did you? It's on YouTube. Oh. Free. I saw it was on YouTube, but it, uh, I thought it said I had to pay for it. No. Oh, dang it. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I would be interested to know how much of it is really kind of really based on his life. Yeah. Um but as you as you as you can tell from the reviews that in some ways does not matter. Yeah. Um, you know, well, it's like when people say, oh, the book is better. The book is better. Yeah. The book doesn't matter. The book does not matter. You have to, <laughs> you have to rate it on its own. It's its own thing. I've appreciated his ministry over the, over the years. And, uh, I think he, he's honest. It's kind of cool. I, I'll not that I go on Twitter very often, but I've seen him over the years, like, Hey, I'm in this airport. If anybody's here, I'd love to have a conversation about Jesus with you. Or if you ever have any questions, or if you don't, I'll buy you lunch. And he'll always tell people where he is, and he just—he seems very approachable, and he—he seems to have a very sincere faith, and he's had his own battles. And I, I, so I appreciate. I was glad that he did a movie, and I thought it kind of did it justice. It wasn't just every time you 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 see somebody that you admire, then try to put it in a movie. You're like, oh, is this going to be cringy? And I thought it wasn't too bad. So yeah. Yeah, Worth not too bad not is too, is a good review. Yeah. Overall, not too bad. Man, movie is that that's just such a hard genre. It is just so hard. Uh-huh. Yeah, and when they make it look good and make it look easy, that takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of the same. The uh, it's I could liken it to um, the way that we you know we maybe evangelize right. Like mm-hmm. there's there's in my head kind of two types of ways to do that one you know you're you're standing on the street corner with a sign you know um or or in your face you know you got that in your face or then you just have kind of a um you know hopefully like you live a certain way that people start to notice like that you're you know that you're different and they don't know why or and i kind of feel like that with like some of these christian movies in your face versus like some of these more uh these movies that are more you know christian like themed um they, people like it. They don't quite know why. Yep. And so that's kind of, I, I view it the same way in those terms of evangelism too. Yeah. I think indirect communication mm-hmm. and indirect is so much more powerful mm-hmm. than in your face. I agree. Tell a, tell a captivating story with your life and hopefully people want to join you. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. No. Nope. It was all good. Right. Peace that's out. That's all the Adios. time we have for today. If you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Climbing Sycamores podcast, feel free to email bsadler at victoryofthelamb.com. B-S-A-D-L-E-R at victoryofthelamb.com. If you like today's intro music, it's been brought to you by Andrew Lynch's song, My Name, Hello. Hello.